okay. Every time we do something, we're rolling around on the ground. It's like this right here, this is what we're doing. We'll help you do this. And right. you told me this is important to you. Sure. So that's why you connect that bridge and you fill the gap. It's like, here's, here's where I am. Here's where I want to go. It's like, okay, we got to do all these mm -hmm. different types of things to get totally. there. Totally. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's going on, Fix listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Fix Podcast. If you're listening to this one the day that it drops, happy Thursday, happy Friday, Junior, as I like to share with my clients here at the Fitness Fix. And I am stacked another week with an awesome guest to introduce you guys to. We are keeping it local for today's episode. I know over the past few months, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with a lot of local fitness professionals, wellness practitioners, all that kind of stuff. And I just love when I have the opportunity to meet somebody face-to-face, -face, have this connection on the podcast, take some time to actually sit down together and talk about their experience, their business, whatever it is, and learn something new. And this opportunity, it was no different. I had the pleasure of meeting, as you'll hear, my guy, Mike Bruno, who is the amazing owner of a local chiropractic and athletic trainer business. And he'll get more into his background. I'm not going to spoil this part about how he's kind of fused the two, why he chose to go back to chiropractic school after beginning his career in the world of athletic training and working for a lot of different schools and really cool things like that, sports teams, et cetera. Um, and I learned so much just about that profession and kind of the career path you can take. But what we really got into in this episode is all the parallels that we have between how you can approach rehab specifically from the place of not saying to yourself, oh, I have this injury. So that means I can never do the thing I want to do again, but looking at it as an opportunity to get better at something, figure out what your limitations are, and then attack those limitations with tangible action steps, just like we talk about inside of the world of nutrition to be able to get the results that we desire. And Mike has just been such an amazing resource for my clients. We actually had him on, you'll hear us reference this in the conversation too. One of our Tuesday night group coaching calls and you guys who have been at the, around the podcast for a minute have actually heard some recordings of those calls. So Mike came on as a special guest and I was like, I love this conversation so much. Let's bring it to the podcast because all the fixed listeners can benefit from every single thing that you're saying right here. So I wanted to make sure that we did it. So you are going to hear exactly what Mike does with his patients and really helping them get to the root of getting back to the things that they want to do, but also making it very clear that no matter where you are in your fitness journey with an injury, with limitations, with whatever it is that you desire, we have to be very clear on what your goals are. And like I said, drawing that parallel, we take the same exact approach inside of our nutrition journeys here at the Fitness Fix. So I just love the synergy that we had throughout this conversation. Whether you've ever had an experience with an injury or you just want to get better at a specific exercise, or you know, you're worrying about things around your longevity and long-term and just taking care of your health as you age, this episode is for you. You're going to get something out of it. There's value in it for every single person who listens. Now, before I get into the show, I got one more little plug to make, and that is for our friends over at Raw Optics. If you guys have been checking out our YouTube videos or you see some of my clips on Instagram, you probably see me rocking these, what I think are pretty cool shades over the course of the last few months. And one of the reasons is because these 
glasses help significantly with maintaining a really good quality circadian rhythm, which in turn helps you with your sleep. So if you want to learn more about them, check out the link in the show notes. If you want to get your hands on a pair of these glasses, these are their daylight shades. And I happen to love this aviator style that they call their Ugandas. Got a little discount for you guys. That code at checkout to save some cash money is coach Krista. Remember it's Krista with a K and a Y. And you should get yourself a pair of them. If you're somebody who feels like you spend a lot of time in front of computer screens, especially at night, they also have their evening glasses too. They're a much darker orange color. And I recommend taking a look at those nightshades as well. I have a pair of each and they're amazing. If you're on your screens, all that kind of stuff, it can really prevent you from actually falling asleep and getting your brain kind of into that mode to unwind and all those things that we need to do before we go to bed. So take a peek at those. We are having their founder, Matt Maruka, on this show very, very soon. I'll be able to give you guys even more of a deep dive into the science behind it, how the company started, all that good stuff coming really soon to an episode in the coming weeks here. And I'm excited for just more and more information to be able to share, introduce you to amazing people that we get on the show and all that good stuff. So with that, let's kick it over to Mike and enjoy this episode. Mike, welcome to the Fix Podcast. I am so excited for this conversation. I am super lucky because This will basically be the third time that we've had the chance to really dive into what you do, who you help, all that sort of thing. And I'm excited to bring it to the rest of the Fix listeners and not just to our population of one-on-one clients. So we have a lot to cover in a short period of time. We're going to make sure we get to all of it. But as I mentioned pre-recording, I kick off all my shows with our guests the same way. And that is just a little quick icebreaker question. What's your go-to coffee order? What are you drinking in the morning to get yourself awake and ready to go? I feel like you might not even need coffee with your personality <laughs> but what are you sipping on first thing yeah i i'm a big coffee guy nice. um have you ever been to batch down in of uh, course Marisburg? yeah love so, those girls yeah they're, they're great people yeah it's great over there um that stuff's like rocket fuel for me so like <laughs> that is. stuff like we can do uh a little sugar in it but other than that just okay. black iced coffee you, are you like a true like if it's cold out you'll still go for iced cold brew doesn't matter the temp 99 percent of the time yeah yeah their yeah. cold brews no <laughs> joke it's very good yeah love both of them they're so nice they've actually been big supporters of the fix brand yeah uh they've actually donated a few times different gift cards and things like that for um like giveaways and stuff mm-hmm. that we've done so i really appreciate the two of them i don't know if you know the owners personally but i talked to christine the most okay. and she's always uh like messaging me back on Instagram if I tag them in something super appreciative. And it's been really cool to see their expansion too because yeah. they opened a second storefront, which is fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Well, like I said, we're jumping in. Mm-hmm. So as we get into physical therapy, chiropractics, understanding this rehab approach, mm. we will talk more specifically about what it is you do. And I think this white space that you've kind of really found in the market that totally aligns with how we think about movement and how we think about getting the most out of our training with the mm. Fitness Fix clients and the Fitness Fix community. But beyond that, give us like the quick highlight of your resume, you know, the 30 second elevator pitch. Mm. And then from there, I want you to ask, answer this big question. Mm. Why should we care about what Mike Bruno has to say? All right. You ready? Right. Yeah. Okay. Go so, for it. So uh, background would be started as an athletic trainer at University of Delaware. Um, from there, we I moved on to uh, University of Louisville, worked for their sports medicine department. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, nice. From there, went into private practice for a short amount of time as an athletic trainer, and then went to the Philadelphia Eagles, worked for their sports medicine department. And from there... Um, Decided to go back to chiropractic school, 
became dual credentialed AT cool. Cairo. Um, worked for a couple integrated settings. So your PT Cairo, ACU, mm-hmm. OT, all those things in one house. Worked for a couple different companies there and then ended up uh, on my own. So I've been running NAV Rehab Chiropractic out of a small gym down in Brielle, New Jersey, uh, named Amp Fitness. And we've been rocking and rolling since February. So it's been it's been a crazy ride, but an awesome one. I love it. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk about business ownership for sure. Mm. I'll just give you a good laugh. <laughs> I was scrolling Instagram this morning on somebody's stories, a fellow nutrition coach who is actually coming on the podcast very soon, my friend Connie. And she posted like her doing her end of month stuff, like expenses and things. Mm. And then the next story said... Um, it was like a conversation between two people and it was like so what's it like running your own business what's it like running or owning a business and the answer was have you ever tried to sit down on the couch with a red bull to relax and that's <laughs> what it feels like and i was like i could totally relate to that and yeah. i'm sure you could too yeah. but i'm really curious just before we get into what it is you do specifically with your patients and I don't think this is something that's come up in the previous conversations you and I had. So I want to know this for myself, selfishly. Having the experience you did as an athletic trainer, I know it's a tough lifestyle. Mm. I know it's a lot of moving around. I know it's not always a lot of job security. I think it's a really interesting field to be in. I know it's super competitive. So mm. that speaks volumes that you've worked with a lot of big programs and names like that, that I'm sure you're very good at what you do. I don't question that. But why chiropractics and why athletic training? What, when you were in undergrad, mm. what made you not pick the traditional PT route or something like that? Like what really spoke to you about the direction that you've taken your practice? Yeah. So from some both aspects, the growing up as a normal high school athlete, right? Yeah. Like being, wanting to be a part of a community, something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. So from the athletic side, I don't know if I told you this, but I had a really bad eye injury. In, I know. I don't think we talked school, about that. Okay. And that turned into lacrosse was my sport mm-hmm. originally. Um, and it's really hard to play lacrosse with one eye. So sure is. Um, transitioned more so into like, I like being part of the team and then transitioned into cross country. So like running was cool. really where. Okay. Uh, and that's more of an individual sport, but yeah. being like my senior year, I was a captain and making something that was an individual sport a community so like very tight-knit group Mm -hmm. was was really cool so then I didn't really know what athletic training was truthfully I knew we had one in the high school right I feel Um, like that's what everybody knows it's like exactly you think back to your high school athletic trainer and I actually think you know one of mine it was Mm -hmm. Chris Flo yeah and like I didn't know what athletic trainer was until I met him and Mm -hmm. I just knew that he was on the side of the field in case somebody got hurt like that was my definition yeah so when people um when I like people like send me screenshots like see me on tv on the sideline of a game or something and they'll be like, oh, that's so cool. And that is maybe 1% of what an athletic <laughs> Probably trainer Probably even does. less than that, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, so learning more about the profession was super exciting. Okay. And the the glamour of it was like the travel and like sure. it all sounds cool as like a young kid. Yeah. And then once like you get into it and it becomes super, super rewarding, mm-hmm. but also it's like it takes a very special kind of personality oh, to be able totally. to do that. So when I was in like and when I was in Louisville, it was um, six a.m. to seven p.m. and it was it was me with like a hundred track kids Mm. every day, and fifty of them would come in twenty minutes before practice. So it's like really hard. It makes the balancing act very, very challenging. But it's also as many people as you could, and maybe you couldn't exactly. So that was kind of the bottleneck to clinical care, right? So being able to be like hey look at all these people i knew if i had one-on-one time with them for 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. i would be able to make such a difference in 
even someone like that who's like at the top of their game sure one percent is a huge jump for someone like right. that that's a difference between a record or not sometimes yeah. so being able to like find out a way to be able to help people in a more one-on-one setting mm-hmm. was really where and i didn't really know i wanted to be a chiropractor truthfully i had one chiropractor experience in high school and it wasn't great and I thankfully worked with a kid who was dual credentialed, AT and Cairo. Oh, cool. And he kind of opened my eyes to the scope of the profession. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that actually checks a lot of boxes because I wasn't, I was looking into PA and it was like surgery and in a hospital setting. And I wasn't really where I felt my, like my, felt my skill set would like benefit most people. Mm -hmm. And Cairo checked the most boxes and uh, thankfully been running with it ever since. It's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I just realized when we sat down, I was like, I don't think I asked him this question. And one of the reasons I wanted to ask you of it is because I just, I think I'd be texted about this the other day, have a client. She's interested in getting some help with something specific. And mm. I was like, I'm sure that Mike could help with this. But of course, the next question out of a lot of people's mouths is, the bad experience with the chiropractor, the neck cracking adjustment sort of thing. So let's dispel that right here because I know you have a strong opinion yeah. about this because we talked about it when you joined our one-on-one client call mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks back. So kind of talk me through like what your take is on that. And you even alluded to having a bad experience in high mm-hmm. school with a chiropractor yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something I talk about a lot with people yeah, and more so from an education standpoint more so because my whole goal is not to convince you to work with me it's to give you enough information to make an educated and informed decision on your own health sure so with that being said i have a lot of conversations with people who ask me do i need to get cracked i had a girl come in and say like i would go into a chiropractor and they would crack my neck and my back and i would leave feeling worse and i told them that every time and they would shrug her off Mm. and she got obviously very discouraged because then she's like, okay, I thought chiropractic in a sense was the answer. And lo and behold, like I'm feeling worse every time and then gets very defeated. Mm -hmm. Right. So my conversation with her was, um, the adjustments are a tool, right? It's a very specific thing that does a specific job, but like, if you don't want to use that tool, there's a million other tools that we can use. Like that's the the power in working with like a clinician because you can get creative and it's based on where you are now where you want to get to and how we're going to get there Mm -hmm. so um she's been working with me for about three months and we haven't adjusted her one time right and she came in the other day and was like i haven't been able to like bend down to like shave my legs in i can't even remember how long so like that's a huge win okay and from so she was pretty tight and mobile yeah she had a really hard time it was like very searing Stiff back like, pain oh okay like leaning forward mm, and she's like sucks. yeah she's like i've been it's been something where i like dreaded shaving my legs as, i get as that simple yeah. as simple I as totally it sounds get it. i already dreaded it in the first place <laughs> i don't need another reason <laughs> right and then that transitioned right that transitioned into like she's pring with her back squats that's now. awesome so good for her yeah so that's the it's it's all about i don't ever question like what your goals are mm-hmm. but we have to make sure what your goals are line up with like the path that we're going to take. Yes. And that's super important. And one of the things that I think we really aligned on in the first conversation we even had over the phone. And it's awesome because I feel like recently I met more people who have that philosophy. I just recently had another local uh, gym owner on the show 
my friend Brian, who I've connected you to, and we actually had a whole podcast just around that. Mm. And specifically around this idea that one of the things that's missing in the gym space in particular, especially with boutique fitness, and that's a lot of my audience, Mm -hmm. and this is always a hot debate, should I do group fitness? I offend people every time I bring it up, and I say it as a former group fitness instructor, and that was my identity in the fitness industry, so I feel some type of way about it too. As of two weeks ago, I officially hung up that hat, like maybe not for good, but it is not in my routine anymore instructing. Mm. And it's something where what Brian and I discussed is there's a miss because so many people go into that setting looking for someone to simply tell them what to do. But then they'll do it for eight weeks, three months, four months, six, whatever amount of time it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, I made this improvement because this wasn't something I was doing before. I'm actually moving my body, but I don't really know that I'm happy with how I look or I feel frustrated now because I came into this with the expectation that I'm going to get a certain result. Ideally, when we're talking about their physical presence and their physique, the aesthetics, lose body fat, build muscle, the basics. That only gets them like to... They, they think they're going to get that like right away. And I think it's a mismatch of mm-hmm. lack of education, but also no one having the conversation when you walk in that door of what are your actual goals. That's something that I know you do. That's something that we do at the Fitness Fix. That's something that he does at Aspire in both Rumson and Cold Snack mm. to really differentiate what they're offering and actually design a program that not only addresses, you know, injuries, the person's actual schedule, the life stuff. I did a podcast on this literally two days ago, all about this idea that it's not about me telling you, Mike, that you need more protein. Mm. Chances are you freaking know that. And I think the analogy that we can make in your world is you have patients, they come see you. They're like, I don't feel good doing a back squat because I have back pain. Their first thought, I'm just not going to back squat anymore. And maybe they don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have a lot of interesting pers- like perspectives on that that I like and we can definitely talk about. But it's disheartening because there's all these people out there that are super misled, but you can't blame them either because it's like, well, they're doing the thing that they think they should be doing and then they just continue to go with it. And unfortunately, they start to think something's wrong with themselves. And that's where really I find a lot of the magic can happen if we get them to shift how they see themselves and then also shift the approach that they're taking in my world to meet their fitness and nutrition goals and then in your world to manage their pain and likely get them back into or actually simultaneously do the things that they want to do when it comes to movement. So with that said, to turn it into a question for you, (laughs) what does that look like in your practice? Like the woman, we could use that example that you just provided, Mm -hmm. or I know you shared a story with me about having patients who they know they want to be able to play with their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of your actual coaching with them and the exercises you were doing with them was legitimately rolling around on the floor because that's what they're trying to do. Like it should mimic that. So Mm -hmm. give us your take on that because I think that's something that you would agree is kind of off in your world. Yeah, absolutely. The something that I tell clients all the time is the information is free. It's how you use it is key. Love it. So being able to look an exercise up on YouTube, we'll use like back squatting as sure. an example. There's a million different resources, people very smart, right? Who are putting this stuff out there for free, right? It's great. We can both, let's say we both have back pain. Mm-hmm. You can watch that and completely fix your squat. I can watch it and have no progress or feel worse, right? Sure. There's there's every other option there. So it's not that you, it's not that you need to fit a back squat, for example. It's 
how do we get a back squat to fit you? Sure. So that has been my mentality with clients. So that girl I was talking about, for example, she wants to get back to PRing her back squat. She okay. likes lifting. Yeah, heavy. I'm assuming she told you that when she came in. Exactly. Right? So it's so we don't we never take anything at the surface at a surface level. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, why is why is that important to you? Sure. Like, why is going back to the gym and back squatting, doing all those things? And she's on her own weight loss journey. She's down 80 pounds. Her oh goal is 100. that's incredible. Yeah, it's really incredible That's to so see. cool. And how much time? Uh, Do you know? I think about, she's probably like six months out. That's amazing. Yeah. Good so she did the uh, the whole surgery and everything. Cool. So it's been it's been a, an awesome ride to be able to like share that with her and help yeah. contribute to Great. her results. And so her whole thing is pushing like she wants to be able to push numbers and okay. it's like, okay, that's great. Why is that important to you? And like, once we get to her true, like internal, why that mm-hmm. big driver, then that helps give me so much clarity as a clinician, because then I can show her all of the things that will get her to her goals. Right. So yeah. it's, it's skills and it's habits, which from your perspective as well, the principles are always the same. Mm-hmm. It's the context that you're using them in. Right. So like I, when we were talking the last time on your um your client calls, we the the one client she was like, she was like, Chris literally told me the same exact thing you said. Yes. In, yeah. Yeah. So in the context of like it was actually about weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. was cool. So like that, I love being able to like connect with like like minded individuals like yourself because mm-hmm. there's so much value in. I have a business coach who says if it's important, say it often. So if love you, that. if you're talking about whatever the thing is if you think that's the most important thing to circle back to time and time again you're not being annoying you're actually being no you're actually reinforcing it because people tend to forget where they come in they spill their guts to you i want to roll around with my grandkids i want to be the grandma who can i don't want to be the grandma in a walker in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. so it's like okay every time we do something we're rolling around on the ground it's like this right here this is what we're doing will help you do this. And right. you told me this is important to you. Sure. So that's why you connect that bridge and you fill the gap. It's like, here's a, here's where I am. Here's where I want to go. It's like, okay, we got to do all these mm-hmm. different types of things to get totally. there. Totally. And that last visual of that stair-stepping of the goal, it parallels so perfectly to the approach that we take when it comes to nutrition because we can give more context on the example that you referenced about my client who's also an employee of mine and she was frustrated with the scale not moving even though she was checking every box and doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. And again, to reiterate what you just said about not being annoying but being repetitive because it's important, Mm -hmm. We she actually just messaged me like two hours ago being like the scale hasn't moved all week. And I was like, as a reminder, like what's going on this week? Cycle, we're menstruating. You didn't get a ton of sleep for a couple days over the weekend. We went out last weekend. Just don't get on the scale. Like if that's going to make you feel some type of way, because here's the here's the thing that I think most people like don't acknowledge, even though it's when someone says it to them, it's like a no shit kind of response. If the scale went up tomorrow and you desire the scale to go down, are you going to do the things that you know will make it go down, even if it's not working? Or are you going to do the exact opposite? Are you going to be pissed? So then you're going to go eat a bunch of stuff that you know doesn't fit within your macros just because you're mad. What's that going to get you? 
Mm-hmm. And whenever I frame it back to the person and reframe it that way, they're like, ah, yeah, you're right. And it's more of just they needed the reminder from the external person to be like, hey, you don't have like this isn't defining you. And like we're trying to change who you are. But more specifically to your point around getting to the heart of what drives that person, we need to know that because we are not asking people to just lose weight. Mm-hmm. And we're not asking people to just manage their pain. We're not asking them to just do certain exercises because we know they're going to make them feel better or we know they're going to make them more functional. We are legitimately asking this person to change their identity because that's what habits do for you. Mm-hmm. The habits are the action steps. They're the outcomes that we need to focus on so that you wake up every day and you know what to physically do. But the byproduct of that and the one that matters so much freaking more is that you are a different person because why? Because if you want to be the one that continues to roll around on the floor with your grandkids, that can pick them up, that can PR the back squat, whatever it is, when you're done with Krista, when you're done with Mike, you need to keep doing that shit. Like it doesn't stop with the seven months that you spend inside my program. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to look at it that way, I can promise you that you will be disappointed because one year from now, you're coming back to me telling me that you're starting over from square one. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that coach and I don't want to work with that type of client straight up. Yep. Because I know I can't help them. And and in the long run, I want somebody, our client average, and I'm curious what yours is in terms of how long you work with somebody. Most of our clients spend at least 15 months with us. Mm-hmm. And that's not by accident. Like mm-hmm. the minimum is seven. I won't work with somebody for any shorter than that. But from there, it's because by the time they get to that seven month mark, they have a lot more confidence. But it's like, let's go through this cycle one more time so that you can show yourself what a whole calendar year looks like of maybe cutting some calories, increasing them, manipulating your training, and then just going through that whole process twice. Because by time number three, I'm pushing you out Mm because I know you got this Mm -hmm. and I know you can do it. So what does that look like for you inside of working with a patient? Yeah. So I tell clients all the time that it's simple, but it's not easy. So being able to take something as complex as pain Mm -hmm. because that's a lot of the time what people are focused on, right? They're not coming to me because they feel fantastic, No, right? So how do we take something super complex and make it super simple? Because once we can make it super simple, then it's something that then becomes doable, right? right? On a regular basis too. One, two, three, ABC, right? Very, very doable. When it becomes doable, it then becomes consistent, right? And when it becomes consistent, then the results kind of just happen as a consequence, right? As like almost on accident, right? Because Mm -hmm. I always tell clients where like the analogy is, right? Like I've heard like a sales pitch where it's like, don't sell the plane ride, sell Hawaii. And it's like, okay, I see the the value in that. But at the same time, what if you can get somebody to fall in love with the airplane ride? So like that, like falling, like trust the process, right? For all the Philly people out there. Um, Like being (laughs) able to be be the person, be the person who wants to, or who will be the type of person who would get those results. So like focusing on, like you said, like the habits, the skills, the characteristic, being able to like work on that personal growth will deliver the results that you want. Because if you want to be more disciplined, right, the the way to get there is not just like doing things when you feel like it. Right. So being able to- It would be nice, but it's not true. Yeah. (laughs) It would be nice, right? So like if you wanted to be a very patient and understanding person, right? Like you probably wouldn't put yourself, you probably wouldn't give yourself stuff instantaneously and like super like quick rewarding type Mm -hmm. things. So being able to do the things that will get you the results that you want and being focused on the process versus the end goal is really how I frame stuff with clients. I like it. Yeah. 
How do you find, and you know, in having experience of working with lots of clients at this point in all those different settings, mm -hmm. like different types of athletes, you know, people who are at their peak, mm -hmm. their goals are different, their why is different versus the everyday average person, right? Mm -hmm. Your gen pop, as we like to call it in the fitness world. What do you find works well in terms of tactics for getting somebody to actually fall in love with the process? You mentioned already this idea of like making it more approachable and doable, and I'm totally for that. That's really the foundation of how we look at nutrition too. Mm -hmm. But what else are you seeing in terms of, you know, maybe the way you're structuring your sessions with them, the exercises, the homework you give them, what's that like? Yeah, so uh, the three boxes I always like to check are uh, simple, effective, and uh, like easy to understand. Okay. So when clients are a lot of the exercises that we run into from like a, a rehab perspective, like jumping down that rabbit hole when I get sure. all excited about being nerdy, yeah. right? Some of it could have a lot of different steps and me explaining all that to them, they can get overwhelmed. And they're like, wait a second, you just asked me to do 10 different things at once. Yeah. How do you expect me to do that at home without your eyeballs on me right now? Sure. Right. It's, this is, what we're doing here with me, what you will get for home will be do A, B, C. And then just it will- Just truncating a part of it. Right, yeah. it will be much more consistent and repeatable. And then the the ease of it is you'll get a video from me within a day cool. of me explaining that exercise for you specifically, Okay, right? so you can watch it on your own time right, because when you're doing it. Exactly, because cool. if you're doing the exercise, like if I made the video for you versus making it for Joe Schmo, mm -hmm there might be something, hey, remember X, Y, yeah. and Z. I respond to different things or maybe I have different limitations exactly. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so all of those those cues are super important. Cool. And being being something that's enjoyable is is the is was like a really eye opening experience for me. I had a guy come in and tell me he was like I hate the homework you gave me. Uh, and I, I tell people that all the time. I appreciate that he told you that. Yeah, I tell people all the time like you're never gonna hurt my feelings just tell because but if you don't tell me how you're truly feeling we are not mm. going to make progress so no one's ever taken me up on that until him okay and he came in he's like i hate it because it was very slow methodical um technical type mm. stuff which was getting him the results like we were seeing like a to b progress okay but he was like it's miserable i hate it it's like well you're not going to do stuff that you hate every single day no, and the goal is not to do it for the we're on a three-month plan right now yeah. right so the goal is not to do that stuff for three months and then you'll be magically better afterwards is to take the skills and habits that you learned and implement them over a lifetime so if you're learning stuff that you hate now odds are you're not going to do it once you stop no. being and life gets in the way you're busy accountable so much other me. stuff so yeah we completely switched it up the principles are the same because we're okay. still chasing the same things mm -hmm. we're going after all the um, like the KPIs, so to speak, yeah. for us. And we're just doing them in a way that is more exciting and engaging for him. He texted me this morning and was like, like I had the best workout I've had in seven months. That's I'm amazing. feeling fantastic. Like I expected to feel like crap this morning and I felt good. Um, I'm, I'm moving. And I was like, that's a huge win because it's, as you know, there's a big mental component to it as well. So being able to see the correlation of like, oh, I did this. I can do this. I like doing this. And look at the results that yeah. I'm getting. Right. That's amazing. Now it's making it consistent. But like that's the process. That's awesome. And I bet that felt good for you too, mm -hmm. you know, to get that text because that's the reminder of like why you're doing what you're doing. And I mm -hmm. love that. 
and I want to make sure because every time I record a podcast, it literally goes by so fast and we get through <laughs> a bunch of questions and we're like, oh, we're done. I want to make sure I hit on this next question because it's something that came up a few times in our conversation with my one-on-one -on -one client group. And I know it's something you and I have talked about and I just see you make posts on it on social media. Mm -hmm. I have other friends in your space and they have opinions on it as well. But let's talk through this whole idea of why you should be doing exercises that mimic what, you know, in your warm up that you're actually going to do in the workout. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, also kind of weave in there for me, because I know this is a bit of a subtopic. <laughs> I have so many clients, again, the group fitness brain, I think is taking over. They don't feel comfortable modifying things because they don't want to do it in that setting. I think you brought this up at how like people feel like they're slowing somebody else down, whatnot. They're inconveniencing the trainer or whatever. I love when clients bring that stuff to me because I'm like, cool, now I get to do more with you today. Like mm -hmm. then just like manage the clock in the room and like push people. Mm -hmm. But something I find that's a big hesitation for a lot of the fitness fix clients is if I write them a program they're afraid to tell me if they don't really like the exercise or more specifically if they're not feeling it or they have some other point of pain. So they'll just push through it anyways. So how do you talk people through from like a thought process to help them actually question, does this exercise make sense for me? Mm -hmm. And for the listener to just kind of follow along with this, the example that I'm thinking of, and we had a client who shared this on that call, she got so much it like just general knee pain, she probably should come talk to you. But at the same time, it's just like something she's dealt with for years. And she won't mind that I share this. She's like insistent on back squatting just because I put it in her program. And she starts messaging me one day telling me how, you know, um, you know, this is in my program, but I don't know if I'm getting the most out of it because my knees hurt so much that I can't get as low as I think I should be going. And I'm like, well, first of all, send me a video. And when I noticed a few things in the video, one of her big things is like she really rushes in between reps. So I was like, you don't need to like, sprint out 12 back squats at 135 like take your time nobody's telling you that you need to finish this in 60 seconds I know why she's doing it she's used to group fitness where there's a clock but how would you talk to someone like that who is resistant to this idea of hey why don't we just use the leg extension and the hamstring curl because we can hit the same exact muscle groups without you having that pain mm -hmm. until we fix whatever it is if it seems that you really desire to back squat but mm -hmm. i think there's like this mental block of being like well the trainer programmed this for me so i have to do it even yeah. if it's not going to get you the result so how do we help people with that uh in the group that's a great question the in the group fitness setting what I normally see is people don't want to look like the odd man out. Yeah. So they want to be able to do it as prescribed. And sometimes that, I mean, that's a bottleneck to that industry, right? Because For sure. we know the, the specificity is really where you see results like, mm -hmm take off and a lot faster yeah. and we're all, you know for the sake of efficiency like people want results quick like yeah. so, so it's it, a catch 22 right so with people understanding like what they're getting from a group fitness situation how can we then optimize that mm -hmm. so for your your client for example the first thing that sticks out in my head is like okay she's hell-bent on back squatting right right that's that's again like that's her goal she wants to be back squatting mm -hmm. so the absolute last thing i would do Sometimes it's necessary, like don't get yeah. me wrong, but the app that it's my last resort to completely pull out that activity, Sure. right? So as we have to exhaust all options before we consider that. So real easy fix, like it's, hey, you're back squatting with a barbell with knee pain. Can we elevate your heels, get you on a ramp and then mm -hmm. hold a weight in front of you, goblet squat, something of sure. that variation? Would you be comfortable with doing that until we like resolve your knee pain with other types of modalities and yeah. exercises and stuff like that. 
Um, but would that be a good substitute modification right mm-hmm. now? That she could say no, yeah. right? But if she says, okay, yes, like sure. it's like okay, I see where you're get, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, it's like because I'm not telling you to do the the heels elevated goblet squat for, for the rest forever. of your life. Mm-hmm. If that's something that you don't want to do for that. Sure. If you're cool with that, we can stay there. That's a very yeah. comfortable. And I, I think like a, it. Me too. Yeah. I was going to add like personally, my uh, nutrition coach and he also does my programming. We actually came to that conclusion for myself mm-hmm. because I never really played around with it. And then he was like watching videos of my back squat and he was like, just try this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this feels so much better. Like it didn't yeah. feel bad, but it felt so much better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't know what I was missing here. So now I will only back squat that way because mm-hmm. it's good for me. Like yep. for me, and when I say it's good for me, I mean like it feels good. So then it makes me want to do it. And in this client's case, she's a good example. And why I brought her up is because she's getting married and we have a shortened timeline. Like we've been working together for well over a year. She looks fantastic, lost 20 pounds, but we're coming into the six month stretch. So because of that, it becomes a question of like everything she's doing. The ultimate goal isn't just to back squat. It's to also look her best on her wedding day. Mm. So it's balancing those two things. I know why she wants to back squat and this might help your answer. So I'll share this too. She was an athlete. She played college basketball. So like there's an importance to her of like, I think that's an identity piece to be like, I still want to be able to do this thing that I could do in like the height of my athleticism or the peak of that. Right. And that's a whole conversation. We could probably podcast Mm -hmm. just about that. But I'm curious, like knowing those two things, how you would kind of walk her through it. So you're saying, okay, we would suggest, you know, some kind of heel elevated squat, but then what else would we look at knowing that she's like, I still think six months is plenty of time, but in her head, she's like every day, everything I do should be helping me work towards being absolutely glam in my wedding dress yeah that's it that's awesome. that's how she's wired don't so, blame her i would my first uh reaction would be to have a conversation with her about focus yeah so focusing on one thing is going to be it's like okay i don't care what the thing is but sure. choose, but choose yeah right so do you want to look kick-ass in your wedding dress mm-hmm. or do you want to be able to squat like a machine and like spoiler alert that's day. exactly what i said to her i'm like <laughs> if it were me let's table the back squats for six months and yeah. then we can we can like shift to we can accomplish both but do we have to accomplish both of them right this second right because even from a performance perspective she's not eating for me to really help her maximize her back squat mm. especially from a pr sake and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah too. so i love that you brought that up yeah so that's it's all it's all relative to yeah. like what they want right? right so you have to have that conversation and I'm sure you did have that yeah. conversation mm-hmm. with her where it's yeah. like, okay, you want this and you want this. I'm I'm good with either. Right. But there could be interference between right. the two. And I think that's hard for people to see. And I think you do a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Like that was something that I think when you talk to our group, like for them, it was like such a light bulb to be like, Oh, right. Like I talk about that a lot with them in terms of the nutrition goals of like you want to feel a certain way in the gym. You have to be prepared that when you enter a calorie deficit, you're not going to feel that way anymore because you're just not fueling your body. So it's like questioning, are you ready for that? And are you okay with that side effect? Most of them say yes, because they're so wanting to get to the body fat loss phase. Mm. But then once it's happening, they're like, this sucks. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's why we're only doing this for eight weeks. Like, let me get you out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But I appreciate that. So let's say, let's play it out this way. Knowing that like the wedding piece is the priority, what would you then encourage her to do other than, for example, what you suggested about like the heel elevated squat and that sort of stuff so that she feels like she has different options when she's going into the gym? Yeah, absolutely. Being able to 
being able to present options is a, is a huge factor because it becomes more of a a teamwork approach than uh, me telling you what to do. Like you're dictating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my conversation, and again, especially if like her goal is like to look good in a wedding dress, there's a lot of factors that play into that. Tons. And I'm a huge proponent of like staying in my lane. Yeah. As a chiropractor, we take like our education's all over the place, mm-hmm. meaning like we get some nutrition, some yeah. this, some that. I took like pathology courses where I was like looking under microscopes and oh, like wow. heart That's conditions, so cool. lung conditions all the internal things it like organ dissection like all this crazy stuff to then be in a very physical space where you're never ever dealing with anything like truly like internal medicine mm-hmm. and the the reason that we go through that at least in my opinion is to become really good at like recognition and referral cool so i have someone who comes in she's wants to look good in her wedding dress it's like okay my wheelhouse is x y and z and that's what i'm going to stick to but if the nutrition thing you're having a problem with that my friend right. christo is going to yeah. be really way more helpful with that than i am right sure. or if you're having i had a client who had, was getting like these weird rashes and like mm. the ointments weren't working okay. and like whatever dermatology wasn't working and yeah. i said okay like i'm recognizing like this this and this like i know that could potentially be a vitamin deficiency but that's sure. not my responsibility to tell them right you're it's having, just like hey why don't you go explore this right it's yeah. like hey like from what i'm seeing i can recognize that this is this isn't normal Mm -hmm. right it's not my wheelhouse but i can recognize it like i have a friend who's a a registered dietitian like she will be able to give you much more clarity on that yeah um no that was kind of a no sidestep to your question that's that's important i think that's like the best answer and that's one of the reasons why like i said between talking to somebody like yourself being connected with somebody like brian it's like have i just did a podcast right before we recorded this one with um a holistic practitioner and she is a naturopath doctor Mm. and it was i one of the reasons why i wanted to do it was i wanted to learn but also because i have a lot of clients dealing with different um facets of fertility menopause they want to understand hormones i pride myself on reading up about these things but i don't know as well as you do right on Mm. your your wheelhouse and your area of expertise so that's what this is all about and ultimately that's the coolest part about having a podcast Mm. because you get the platform you get the chance to have these conversations and i say this so often especially when we come in here to the studio too it's like i've had my phone and do not disturb neither of us are looking at it like you can actually have a really good conversation where it's been like 40 minutes and we covered so much Mm -hmm. right and we could keep going and going and so i think there's like an art to that too that's really awesome um and unfortunately we've already come up on over 40 minutes so i do have (laughs) to wrap our episode and i want to be respectful of your time too but we would definitely have to have you back on because i think there are a lot of different subtopics we can continue to cover so you are more than welcome to be a regular guest if you would like absolutely and i do want to do one little quick thing before you go i like to end the episodes with like a fun lightning round sort of thing so quick rapid fire questions like you know one two word answers and then we'll officially wrap it up Hmm. sound good yeah cool all right so what is if there was this will be a good one for you if there was one exercise if it was the only thing you could do for the rest of your life what's it gonna be like a movement Hmm. could only do one only one lift only one something one yeah just one (sighs) Turkish get-ups. Oh, nice. I've never had anybody say that. That's a good one. Total body. I like it. That's very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Opposite end of the spectrum. What if you could tomorrow just like completely eliminate something from your repertoire of exercise? What exercise are you eliminating? Hmm. Anything you like really hate? Like me personally? Yeah. You're saying? Yeah. Not for your patients. Just you personally. (laughs) Uh... 
That's so tough. Yeah. I guess. I feel like you're open-minded. So. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I really like. Nothing hate. you don't like? I I don't want to like influence your answer, but I'll tell you say, mine. Yeah, give me yours. Most people, and I, this is mine, lunges. I just don't like them. You just don't like no, lunges? No, like I know they're good. Like great for the glutes. I've modified them these days. So I used to really dislike them, but I would typically do them like holding a set of dumbbells. Mm. I make them like walking lunges. Just never really liked them, mostly because they're hard, like uh, not for any yeah. other reason. Like I feel them, but I've gotten a joy for them recently because I like to do um, like a foot elevated version. So I'll stand on like a box and then do mm. a reverse lunge. And I'm sometimes like play around with the Smith machine and stuff. So as I've tried to started to play with my tools, then I like them better. But I used to despise doing them. Despise. Oh, if, if that's the if that's the, yeah. the route we're What's, going, yeah, barbell back squat. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got no issue. Every time I'm doing it in a group fitness setting, yeah. I'm switching it up. I'm okay. doing zercher, front yep. squat, something. Okay. Yeah. There we go. What is a if you wanted to like recommend like a book or something like that, or it could be a podcast too. What are you recommending to the listeners? Hmm. I really like I really like Atomic Habits. Great one. Yeah. That's that's helped me a lot with like imp- Me too. The it's again, it's not like the implement it's not the information, it's the way that you use yeah, it. It's the, the implementation. implementation. Yeah. So one of the big keys I took from that book was, hey, it, don't build a new habit overnight. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very difficult, right? Take a habit you already have, brushing your teeth, right? And just tack it on to the end of that. Yeah, so every time I you brush your tip. teeth, you do that. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What is your favorite food? Pizza. Okay. Do you have a favorite restaurant around here since you're a local guy? Around here for yeah. pizza or just in general? It could be pizza or it could just be in general. Where do you and your girlfriend like to go? Uh, we love uh, Rods on Main Street. Nice. My parents live around yeah. the corner. Uh, See you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good Salty one. Salty Whale's also pretty nice. good. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Shout outs to both of those Shout places. Yeah. All right. Very last question. Well, it's a two parter. Mm. One, if somebody listened to this whole thing, but they can only take one thing away. What's your like top message? Mm-hmm. And then after you share that, tell us how we can stay connected with you too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I said it already. I'll say it again. It's worth repeating. Right. It's worth repeating. Uh, information is free. How you use it is key. So um, that is the, that's what I say to everyone when they're like, oh, like I just need a couple exercises to like do my thing and then I'll be good. It's like maybe, but also maybe not. So sure. how you use it is key. Um, so the... The way to the best way to find me on Instagram at Nav Rehab Chiropractic, one word. Website's the same exact Perfect. thing. Perfect. Um, and then we also host a podcast. I'll formally invite you to yes. start listening. Uh, I'm in. The GFY podcast. Go fix yourself, right? Um, and me and my co-host Mikey Stant, um, we run through that on just like kind of teaching the listeners on cool. tips and tricks on how to be able to do things to fix themselves. Awesome. Love it. We'll link all of it down in the show notes so everybody can find you. Appreciate it. And for everybody who did tune in today, say it every week, but you guys know the deal. You need to share the show with a friend for two reasons. It's the only way that more people know about the show. There are a lot of golden nuggets in here. So I think you'd be doing someone in your life a favor if you went ahead and shared it. 
but we'd also love for you to leave a review because that also suggests this podcast to people who listen to similar shows. And that's another really great way for somebody who to discover us who might not know Mike, who might not know me, might not know anything about either our brands and what we do. So take the 10 seconds it takes to tap the five stars by scrolling to the bottom on Apple Podcasts or right at the front of the home screen on Spotify. People never know how to find the reviews. <laughs> and I learned this last week when I did a giveaway where they had to enter a review. So now I'm going to start saying it at the end of every episode. That's how you do it. If you still don't know, send me a DM and I will show you. I literally have a video mm-hmm. of a screen recording of my screen on how to do it. But from where everybody was listening from, we appreciate you guys as always. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. You're welcome. Yeah. Cool. We're done.